0: And welcome back
1: to the podcast. Today we have Dr. Stephen Beeson. He's a nationally recognized author, physician, and speaker who's provided approaches for developing clinicians and leadership for hundreds of medical groups and hospitals across the country to transform care for patients and those providing care. Today, it's super important to have a background of somebody that that has been there and done that at the front lines, both as a clinician and as an administrative executive, and Dr. Beeson is just that. He's board certified in family medicine. He's been practicing with Sharp re Steely Medical Group in San Diego for over 18 years. His tenure with the medical group, he was selected by Sharp Healthcare Leadership to serve as the physician director for the Sharp Experience, an organizational commitment to serve in operational excellence. He's an author of a book called Practicing Excellence, and it's also the name of the practice that they're doing this work in. So it's a true pleasure to have Stephen on the podcast. I wanna open up the intro for him to fill in the gaps of uh, anything that I may have missed. Stephen, welcome.
0: Great, thanks, Saul. I'm delighted to be here. And uh, I think the only other gaps outside of the fact that I'm father of two and husband is, we have recently done some really compelling work and helping and supporting and engaging and supporting uh, physicians and something called the Clinician Experience Project uh, with thousands of clinician members across the country and just super excited about the kind of results that we're seeing and what happens when you help and support and create practice conditions that allow clinicians to love the work that they do and do it really, really well. So super excited about talking to you and uh, diving in. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you're, the work you're doing is truly impactful. You're working with some big names and, and really the feedback that I've heard from your work is, is inspiring. What is it that got you into healthcare to begin with?
0: Well, you know, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a musician. I was playing trumpet. My parents really? were like you could imagine. <laughs> so nice. it's hard to make a living doing that. And I had, uh, after I finished high school, I actually spent some time with my uncle, Dr. Robert Hazelrig, who's a neurologist and. He told me about a day in the life of being a clinician and what that's like and the ability to diagnose, manage, treat, and sometimes cure disease and the mastery endeavor of of learning a body of knowledge that allows you to make an impact in patients' lives. And I was so intrigued by that day in a life that in that moment, on that day, I switched from music to a biochemistry major at University of California, San Diego. Wow. And the journey was on. Yeah. Yeah. That's a
1: big shift, but a good reason to do it. And wow, so the years have passed and now you, you've, you've sort of given from the front line and now you're, you're taking a much more macro approach through what you're doing. Obviously, there's a big void in what clinicians need and, and tell us how you're filling that.
0: What we've seen and dating back to around 2001, I began and was selected and appointed, appointed to, to coach, train and develop clinicians in a very competitive healthcare marketplace driven by consumerism and patient choice, and we as a group were in bottom decile in terms of patient experience. So I was, I was tasked with how do we help and support clinicians to provide better care to patients. And I really, for the next 15 years, became a student of what are the things that physicians need to really become the kind of clinicians that they want to be. And really what I discovered that drove me into the work today is that clinicians make massive sacrifices to get into positions that they're in. They are 90% of all clinical activity. They are 80 cents of every dollar that's spent in healthcare. They are principal cultural drivers and the fundamental skills by which to make healthcare better are never developed. And we're in a field now where over 50% of clinicians, despite what I consider to be the most beautiful profession that there is anywhere to make a difference in the lives of those that we serve. And over 50%, are experiencing symptoms of burnout. And I considered it now to be a life calling. And again, the nidus for the work that we're doing now is helping supporting clinicians to do their work extraordinarily well, to connect to the patients that they serve, to collaborate with their colleagues beside them, and to lead in a way that brings the very best of each other. And to use that to drive not only patient experience, harm reduction, but also at the end of their day, week, month year, life, they look back over their shoulder and they say, this is everything I hoped it to be, and that's the essence of really what we're trying to do: is help drive the clinician experience, and the clinician experience being a gateway to all the other healthcare imperatives in front of us, and harm reduction, patient experience, patient loyalty, clinical excellence, and all those things.
1: Well, you know, I think this is uh, a truly inspirational work and and very mission driven, folks. When you're in the airplane and you're getting ready for takeoff, the flight attendant will tell you to put the oxygen on your mask before anybody that you love that's next to you. And really, when we're working with clinicians, it's so important that their gas tank be full. And the work that you're doing, Dr. Beeson, is truly dedicated to keeping their gas tank full. So as healthcare leaders listening to this, looking for ways to improve, what would you say an example of something you and your organization has done to help, a, a, say, a healthcare executive improve that leadership culture for physicians?
0: It's a great question, and I think it's a complicated answer. What are the conditions and what are the personal approaches that clinicians take so they love the work that they do and we, we are able to create and generate and execute on something called the clinician experience? And we define the clinician experience as this is everything I wanted it to be. I'm providing the kind of care that I believe in we're driven by evidence, we're getting great outcomes, and on Sunday night before a clinical day, I'm excited about tomorrow. That's the essence of the clinician experience. The question is, what do we have to do to help support that? And if you look at the data in terms of what are the greatest influences on the clinician experience, first and foremost, it is the conditions in which physicians work under. It's not their personal resilience or their endurance, it's the conditions that clinicians work under. So as I speak with leadership teams, there's a composite of what leaders do where clinicians say, I love it here. Number one, they are out front and authentic. Leaders are deeply committed to what's right and best for patients and they communicate in a way to their clinical body that connects with physicians' value systems. So when we, when we as leaders say, hey, you need to improve your patient satisfaction scores and CMS regulations say we have to do this, that, and the other, and the payer field is saying that you have to see more patients for less money, that's not what engages us to change the right. role. It prompts us to sit in the back seat, cross our arms, and say this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. But the leadership approaches of out-front authenticity, of deep commitment to what's right and best for patients We found in our research at the Clinician Experience Project that when physicians feel as though their leaders are deeply connected to what's right and best for patients, the probability of burnout among those physicians is 4x less than when leaders are not led by that nature. So number one, they're out front, authentic, and deeply committed and communicate in a way that's consistent with the physician value system. Number two, they tap clinicians to help solve care delivery problems. They don't mandate, dictate, and bullhorn solutions. They say, here, we've got a challenge in regards to OR start times. We've got a challenge in regards to patient access. We've got a challenge regarding variants around diabetes composite. What are your best ideas for us to innovate a solution? So they're tapping team intelligence and accessing the innovation of clinicians at the front line as a way of leading the organization. So physicians feel like I've got a voice, I can participate, and we're in, um, getting results done together. That's what leadership teams do. The third thing that leaders do where clinicians say, I love it here, is they simply appreciate their clinical team members. They recognize them, they appreciate them, and they talk to a hospitalist who got a phone call from their CEO who was rounding on patients up in the hospital and said, hey, I'm talking to patients I'm talking to nurses about your multidisciplinary rounding. You're making more impact than you can imagine. And what patients and team members are saying about the difference that you're making. And as this hospitalist was telling me the story of the CEO calling her, she was welling up saying, yeah, it's just, it's unreal to get appreciated for the work that we do. So what do we do to advance a clinician experience? We lead in a way authentically committed to what's best for patients. We tap the ideas of clinicians at the front line. We appreciate them and we, we take on administrative burden, reduction, as an imperative of leaders. Uh, We found in our research that when physicians believe their administrative burden is not reduced and taken on by the leadership team, connectivity to patients from their angle is reduced by nearly 80% and organizational cynicism doubles. So our ability as leaders to say, what are the tasks that we can take off their plate to allow them to practice medicine? So four things, reduction of administrative burden, appreciate your clinicians, tap their ideas, to innovate care solutions and communicate in a way that's storytelling and authentic regarding what's best and right for patients. And we're seeing unreal results uh, when leaders do that sort of thing.
1: That's amazing. So folks, here's the blueprint for creating that engaged culture. It's tough, right? I mean, you could have a blueprint, but how do you follow through? So a question for you is what are you guys doing? And maybe you provide an example Dr. Beeson of of how you guys have helped an organization take this blueprint and make it actionable.
0: No, for sure. And and again, part of what we've done, we formed this community called the Clinician Experience Project, which is a learning collaborative community with over 15,000 clinician members across the country with some of the biggest names in healthcare, and they're using this community as a catalyst, as an enzyme to allow the individual clinician to better connect with patients in the exam room, meaning when I am interacting well with my patients, my love for the game is fundamentally different. And driver number two is we help teams form communities, a collaborative culture, and getting better together at the clinical microsystem level, where they feel like there's a spree of core and getting better together. And the third channel is what we talked about initially, is developing leaders with skills to best engage their teams. So we're using... A clinician experience project as a programmatic progression of how do we better connect, how do we better collaborate, and how do we lead. We consider those things three legs of a stool, and a stool does not stand on two legs. Right. If you've got physicians that are deeply connected to patients with toxic top down administrative leadership, you're going to destroy that clinician. So, they, the clinician experience, as we've defined it, is about connecting, collaborating, and leading. And then we use a clinician experience project, and we've got Fantastic results out of uh, Kaiser, Colorado. Fantastic results in uh, Centera Medical Group with measured outcomes and improvements in things like patient experience, physician engagement, and attrition uh, reduction in documented case studies. That's
1: outstanding. Congratulations for that. That's, that's huge. And the one thing that I really love about your approach, Dr. Beeson is, is the data based approach, your outcome based approach, you're documenting everything, you're doing the research, you know, this isn't like a feel good exercise, although part of it is, but you're really getting the data to back up what you're doing.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think it's, you know, data is the currency of healthcare today. And if you're not moving metrics, it's not, it's not why we're, we're not here to move metrics. It's, but it's a consequence When we better connect with patients and better collaborate with each other and lead more effectively, there's quantitative metrics that will move. One great example, we're doing some work with uh, Beth Israel Deaconess. Mm -hmm. And they had one of their strategies was building a community and a collaborative sense of we're in this together. And what they had done and with some of our work together was started monthly meetings where they carved out one hour where clinicians and clinical team members could get together and talk about Solutions to care delivery problems. And they did Schwartz rounds where mm-hmm. uh, they had a chance to sort of take a bow for what they flailed on that week to create vulnerability and I'm not Sorry. alone. And that once a month, one hour, they were able to reduce physicians sense I want to leave this organization from 78%. They had a five-year plan that 70% of their physicians wanted to leave within five years. That's not good. And uh, just a year later, got it down to around 35%. Huge. And- their physician turnover from 13% to 5%. That's amazing. And so, so these are the kind of quantitative impact of what happens when we build collaboration and when we give physicians tools to connect with patients and when we start to lead in a way that brings the very best of our teams. And, you know, we are so deeply committed to helping clinicians love their work. And as you said, you get a take care of your own oxygen mask, I mean, the literature on what happens to physicians and the care that we deliver when they're burned out, from medical error to cost of care to patient rapport to med mal risk to care coordination, uh, all those things that we consider to be imperatives, all are significantly harmed. But I think most importantly, you know, these clinicians, us, we have sacrificed everything to get here personally, professionally, financially, and you finally get to the place that you dreamed of, and 400 of us commit suicide because of the misery that we're experiencing. I mean, it's like, it's like, what the hell? We can't have that in this sacred profession of impacting lives, collaborating with each other, making diagnoses. I mean, it's got to, it should be great. And it's not. And that's why we're here.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. And I love your commitment to it. So as you've built this and you've been thinking about these problems and the solutions to these problems, you've been implementing things, you've written a book on it. What have you learned a setback that you had as you were trying to implement these things? What did you take from that setback that now has become
0: a principle of your organization? Well, I think that if you had a seven hour podcast, you could talk about all the mistakes <laughs> you and you got to engaging physicians what I have learned and the learnings emerge from mistakes is that almost every clinician that I've ever met wants to be a great clinician and is deeply committed to it. And sometimes it's so covered up by burnout and dismay and cynicism. But I think, I think one of the big mistakes that I was part of, um, number one, not including physicians in key decisions and skipping that step and telling them what they need to go do, uh, thinking that that would somehow be faster, better, easier, that had massive consequences and delayed improvements wherever I've been witness to literally years. And the other mistakes that I think I was part of, of getting, giving physicians data, data on patient experience, patient complaints, um, even clinical data, and not giving them the tools by which to improve that data, I think is cruel. I've shadowed over 600 physicians. We have 15,000. I've never met a physician who could articulate why the patients say what they say about them. They go, I'm not. What? Yeah. And it's just unfair to give data. when, And again, data is important without giving specific, tangible, I can move the needle on this by virtue of the solutions that I now have. And so that was, that was a big learning. Along and now
1: it's a core principle. It's one of the three stools or one of the three legs of the stool. Absolutely.
0: And a big driver of human contentment is mastery. And mm-hmm. you know, our ability to accomplish, achieve, improve, whether it be your golf swing, playing the banjo, or better connecting with your patients or leading in a way. I mean, when you watch leaders learn skills that allows them to practice team intelligence and watch the innovation and enthusiasm emerge, leaders go, I wish I would have started doing this 10 years ago. Yeah, It's easier and we're getting better results and everybody's on board. I'm dropping the bullhorn. It just doesn't work. And so, but one of the things I, that uh, I wanted to be able to mention was all this composite of the clinician experience. I, we have recently, your leaders, I would love to get their feedback. I wrote in my next book, it's an ebook uh, called The Clinician Experience, which Excellent. is the data and the approach for how do we tackle the wellness challenge. Uh, mm. And I would love for your That's leaders. That's
1: really interesting. That. Yeah.
0: So the best way,
1: folks, that we can get you to engage with this, this ebook check out the show notes and I'm going to get a link from the team over there at Practicing Excellence, Dr. Beeson's team. So you could get a copy of this book. When you go to outcomesrocket.health excellence, you're going to find that link and we'll provide a way for you to, to leave feedback for Dr. Beeson and his team.
0: Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. I mean, we're trying to start a movement here of supporting those that care for others. And then when we do that, everything, anything becomes possible.
1: That's outstanding. So we're getting close to our end point here, Stephen. Let's see if uh, you could give us a, a little bit of a maybe a sneak peek on a, on a project that you're focused on today, and then we'll roll into the lightning round part of the podcast and we'll conclude.
0: That sounds great. One of the things that we do within the Clinician Experience Project is we partner with organizations and we ask the question, what are the things that you want to achieve and how can we help you as, a, as an enzyme to help and support clinicians to get there? And we've got some really exciting projects uh, that we're working on with some um, great organizations on how do we reduce harm uh, Mm. in safety culture. We've got some really exciting things coming in high reliability and patient connectivity and leadership development that we're doing and placing inside uh, the Clinician Experience Project and beginning to expand and deepen our research and assessing and tracking and measuring the clinician experience. And always looking for collaborative partners to figure out innovative solutions to supporting not only the clinician experience in terms of I love what I do, but also clinician contribution to I now know how to better connect, collaborate, lead my teams, and uh, provide really great care.
1: That's powerful stuff. Now, for the folks that want to engage with you and your team, Dr. Beeson, where, where do they reach out?
0: Yeah, I think probably the easiest way is just you know our website, which is practicingexcellence.com. And- you can get a hold of any one of us through that site, and, and the ebook will be there uh, for free as well. And I think with the the ebook in particular, it begins to ask a different question. I mean, there's thousands of publications now on burnout. We've seen it, heard it. We wanted to ask a different question, which is, what is present in organizations where clinicians really truly love what they do? Of course, there's tremendous overlap in addressing. The principal causes of burnout, no question. But the Connect Collaborate lead and all the literature and research behind it is very compelling. And uh, again, it's a different way of looking at a very high profile threat to American healthcare, which is the wellness of the care team. And again, we'd love to get uh, some banter and chatter uh, regarding how to approach this challenge differently. And, and I put it on the ebook.
1: Thanks for the invitation, folks. Go to practicingexcellence.com to get access to that. For the show notes, outcomesrocket.health slash excellence. You'll find all of that there. All right. This has been a ton of fun, Stephen. We're in the lightning round, okay? So we're going to build a syllabus with four questions for the listeners on what it takes to be successful in the business of medicine and happiness in medicine okay i got four questions followed by a book outside of the two that you've already written that you recommend (laughs) to the listeners you ready okay i'm ready all right what's the best way to improve outcomes lead your teams with relentless passion what's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid lead by a regulatory call to action how do you stay relevant despite constant change
0: tap your team and their innovations and what they think you should do differently to create value for the patients that we serve together.
1: Love that. And what's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization?
0: Commitment to making a difference in the lives of others. Constantly telling stories about impact. It just stories. lights up. Stories Olympics are powerful. System. Yeah. yeah. Stories are powerful.
1: What book would you recommend to the listeners?
0: Well, one of my favorite books is uh, Cutting for Stone. It's a fascinating story about empathy and the journey of surgeons. And it's really one of my favorite books. I've read it twice. Wow, that's a good one. That's that's my recommendation. Stuff Becomes Air, I think, is another great book if you're, that one's hard to read, but uh, it's a beautiful, beautifully told story. Awesome.
1: Some great recommendations there and a great syllabus for us to use as a framework to drive the things that we're doing. Again, find the syllabus and the full transcript, go to outcomesrocket.health excellence. This has been fun. And what I love, Dr. Beeson, is if you could just leave us with your closing thoughts and then the best place where the listeners can engage.
0: I think the most important thing we can do as leaders in healthcare is to care for those that care for others. And, you know, we, we frequently skip that step. And we go on to the list of things on our scorecards that we're accountable for. But I can tell you in 15 years of experience and hundreds of healthcare systems and tens of thousands of clinicians, that the headwind and friction of getting those things done is overwhelming when clinicians are overwhelmed, burdened, and not supported. So help and support and engage your clinicians, make their wellness, a number one imperative. And when we do that, harm reduction, clinical variation reduction, patient experience, talent retention, top and bottom line can all follow. And without that, all those things are really hard. That's amazing. So, yeah, and again, you can, uh, practicingexcellence.com, we'd love to help and support anybody that's looking to take the, uh, we want to take care of our clinician's journey. Uh, We've got some incredible stories that are emerging and data that's coming forward when we do that right.
1: So there you have it, folks. That is your call to action. If something today resonated with you, take action. Don't wait 10 years like Stephen mentioned. Do it now because the, the results will be a ripple effect of, of greatness. Stephen, this has been great. I uh, really appreciate your time and uh, definitely looking forward to uh, staying in touch.
0: All right. Thanks, all. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast.